What's up, everyone? My name's Brendan, you know the drill. This is the state of the universe. If you're new here, thanks for tuning in. If you're old here, thank you also for tuning in. You know, thanks all around. It's it's time to give thanks. It's Christmas season, snowing outside. I'll tell you what, I had a big snowflake hit me in the ear today. Right in the ear. Went in, penetrated my ear. And something about my ears is that... When things go in my ears, like any form of liquid or water, like if I turn the wrong way in the shower, you know, or if I walk against the snow like I did today, what happens is, you know, a little bit of little bit of liquid gets in there, and all of a sudden, ear infection. You know, my ears go, oh, oh is that liquid? Oh, is that liquid water? Well, check this out. Infection. You know, that's just how my ears work. And I don't know why, and I don't know how, but that's just how they do what they do. And also, my nose does this thing where when I'm around an animal, my nose says, that dander you're breathing is dangerous to your lungs. So here's how we're going to solve your problem. We're going to clog your nose and we're going to clog your throat. That way, no dangerous things can get to your lungs. Well, here's what my body doesn't take into account. That I need my lungs. You know, that I need them. They are necessary in order for me to stay alive. So my body realistically just attacks itself. If I were in the wild, if I did not have this plush society with good medical care, I would be dead. I would be eaten by a tiger or a lion, or I would be infected to death with an ear infection or a throat infection or a bone infection or melanoma or mesothelioma. I don't know, man. Something would get me. That's for sure. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. This episode features Nathan Stewart. Nate is a good friend of mine. He is a physicist, although he would describe himself, I guess, more of a... a space flight aficionado. Maybe that's what he would call himself. You know, he would say... I would say, hey, Nate, what do you do? He'd say, oh, I'm a space flight savant. That might be what he says. And that's just his skills. You know, he might not be good at physics. He might be one of those people who, like, you know, went through a four-year degree and didn't learn anything. And, you know, that's most of America. So with that being said, people, I'm glad you're here. Support the Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash the state of the universe. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Brendan Drackler. You don't know how to spell that, do you? You probably don't. Well, guess what you're going to do? Go on my website, thestateoftheuniverse.com. Then you don't have to spell anything. You just click on the link. That's all you got to do. That's all there is to it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episode. We talk about all things spaceflight. We talk about all things Donald Trump. We talk about all things orange people. We talk about all things everything. Here it is. I had um, I had Michael Poland on two weeks ago, and that? he is the head of the Yellowstone Volcano Observatory. Oh, and he works for the USGS. And he said he said by accident that we have had men on Mars, and he is a federal government employee. And I think he might have spilled some beans he didn't mean <laughs> to. Yeah, it's a massive cover up. We so, went from covering up not getting people on the moon to covering up actually landing people on Mars. And we kind of did a 180 on that. 
Yeah. So what? How was your Thanksgiving? You know what? It was good. Do you know what sucks? What? Turkey. I love turkey. Turkey might be the worst bird. I, it's the best bird. It's what, so dumb looking. What about duck? Ducks are just—they just go around and eat bread that they're not supposed to eat. I no, like no, no. I mean, te- I mean eating them. What about duck? Oh, ducks. Okay, ducks are pretty good. Duck is good. Like when you when that when the fat on the outside is like burnt. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's crunchy. It's like I like turkey because I only ever like I only have cooked turkey once a year. I mean, I have like like deli meat turkey, but that's yeah. not the same, you know. And that's also the synonym for cancer. If you didn't know, that's true. But I I like I do like cancer. I'm a fan. So. Yeah. So, uh, I am a cancer. That's my sign. My astrological you are sign. Also, cancer. Astrological sign. Astrological sign. No, it's actually not. I think I'm a Gemini, which probably means <laughs> that I am. Um, I don't know. What's a good horoscope? I am doomed for success if I don't pick my friends right. That's probably my horoscope for today. Oh, that's deep. So, that's my horoscope. So, what's up? Listen to this, okay? We have a crisis on our hands. The president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, this fat Muppet. Do you ever look at his face? Did you ever? All right. For real, though. Did you ever look at his butt when he was walking? No, but I've seen those pictures of him playing tennis, and they were less than flattering. He's got such a large booty. (laughs) He's so thick. He's bootylicious. He's the thickest man I've ever seen. He's like if Kim Kardashian and, and an Oompa Loompa had a baby, if you splice their DNA. You know, speaking of how fat Donald Trump is, I think I've just gotten used to it. So Obama spoke at Rice a few days ago, and I was watching the live stream. And I was wait, like, wait, 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 time, 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 time. Obama spoke right where you're at, and you were yeah. watching the live stream. Oh, it was like $5,000 a ticket. It was just for rich people. What? Yeah. What's the point even having it at Rice? I don't know. I, I really don't know. They paid so much money for it, but right, that doesn't matter. Anyway, anyway, but anyway, I was I was watching it, and my first thought, my literal first thought, was like, "Wow, that man is really skinny." And they're just like, I think I've been so used to the man in charge just being this fat blob that, like, I was just struck. I was like, "Wow, that's probably what our president should look like." Well, oh, but did you ever see before and after pictures of Obama? Mm. Like, before, yeah, especially his hair before presidency and after. That yeah. job is 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 literal cancer. That job well, kills people. It is it is if you care about the job and you work very hard at the job. Yeah, well the thing is Donald Trump probably pays a lot of money to make himself look less obese and less oh, yeah. disgusting. Doesn't he eat like two cheeseburgers a night while he's laying in bed? I what was that? There was a report that he drinks twelve Diet Cokes a day or something like that. Oh my- God, how is he alive? Also, this might be the first president in history where we actually care about his diet. <laughs> That's I, true. I think it's because we all have an impending fear that Mike Pence becomes president. And we're like, we got to keep Donald Trump alive, even like, though he's Mike, a puppet. If Mike Pence becomes president, okay, he will kill all the gay people. Yes, gay people but, will die. But he will give NASA so much money, it's not even funny. He He'll, is like, he's a NASA fanboy. If you make a plan to send all gay people into the sun, plummeting it, into the sun, let's let's just send them to Mars. Let's be a little. I think that's we could talk a good down move. To Mars. I think you yeah. could talk. You could t- talk Mike Pence into sending a squadron of gay dudes to Mars. Yeah, imagine <laughs> Mike how, Pence. You give us the money, we will send every gay person to Mars. That would be the most bedazzled spacecraft in history. <laughs> 
It would be so amazing. And they'd have, they'd have six months to decorate the inside of it while they're just hanging out. And the outside would be like painted with like really awesome like carbon fiber type paint. And it would just be like this beautiful – like it would just be a, a moving, traveling piece of space art. And Mike Pence would just <laughs> think that they were all going to plummet into their death. And he would love every minute of it. Because Mike Pence might be gay. He might be he a, probably is. He might be a shadow gay man. But, yeah, this was a big week for NASA. Oh, I, that's why I brought up Donald Trump, this idiot. Did you see his tweet on Thanksgiving? No. Okay, Donald Trump tweets this. I think it was – it might have been the day before Thanksgiving. We haven't talked in a while because you're a loser. Um, His tweet was, <laughs> brutal and ex- – and this is quotes, okay? Brutal and extended cold blast could shatter, in, in all caps here, all records – Every record. Hold on. Every record that's ever been set by anything. Hold on. Here we go. His next part. Whatever happened to global warming? Oh, well, and did you see his response to the um, the climate change report? No. Oh, you should you should read that. He basically talks about how he doesn't think it's real because there's clean air and there's clean water right here and it's the cleanest it's ever been and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a really good a really good quote, and I think it was by like Stephen Colbert or something. And the quote was, "That's like saying that world hunger isn't a problem because I just ate." Right? It's <laughs> the same yeah, thing. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's very very interesting. Yeah, I had a long response on Twitter to that because normally I don't get triggered by Donald Trump's tweets because I think they're some of them are kind of funny. Like if you <laughs> yeah. look at his Twitter, he's kind, he's like a little troll, and it's really funny. <laughs> Like some of his tweets are genuinely make me laugh. You know what I mean? Like what he was calling um what was he calling that lady? That lady who went to Harvard, what was her name? Um God, I can't think of the Indian lady who's not really Indian. Oh, um Oh yeah, well, I can't think of her name. God. Everyone who's listening is screaming the name right now. Like, I know. Fucking idiot. What is her name? All I'm thinking of is Warren Sapp for some reason. <laughs> That's like a Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. There we go. Elizabeth we go, Warren yeah. is is one one millionth part Native American. And here's this. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this. If you're gonna apply to Harvard, here's the move. You can lie about being Native American, but for sure don't lie about being Asian. For sure <laughs> don't lie about being an Asian. Do, do you know the lawsuit that is against Harvard right now? No. They're they're in a lawsuit because they're apparently discriminating against Asian people. Um because they're discriminating against Asian people because if they were to admit the best students, in other words the students with the best standardized test scores, their population would be 100% Asian. So they had to they have to literally discriminate against Chinese students or else they would admit only Chinese students. You know what I mean? And so don't lie about being Chinese if you're gonna apply to Harvard. But (laughs) do lie about being one one millionth Native American. But anyway, Donald Trump will post tweets, you know, like calling her Pocahontas and stuff, and it it makes me laugh so much. I don't mind those tweets. But this one (laughs) triggered me a little bit. It triggered me a little bit because I don't think he was kidding. I honestly think he f- he thinks he figured out global warming. He thinks that he cracked the code. He's like, what are you guys talking about global warming? It's cold here. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's cold right here. <laughs> he, he, he truly, I think, truly 
believes when he, he when he posts yeah, it. he fundamentally does not understand i i was pretty triggered i didn't see that tweet but i saw his response to the to the climate change report which is like pretty fucking dire and I, I mean i haven't seen any scientists saying that they're against it. i mean it seems pretty unanimous everyone's like yeah this is this is what stands to happen and he's just you know, he's he's talking about it being being cold and being, water being clean, and it's just it's rambling, and none of it's really tied together. It's just classic Donald Trump. Yeah, after the podcast this week with Ken Miller, I recorded with Ke- Dr. Ken Miller out of Brown University, and um, we talked after the podcast. He ended up bringing up the climate change report, and because we always do like a sort of post show chat, like thanks for coming on, we talk a little bit, and he you never brought- thanked me for coming on. That's because I hate you. We oh. he brought up the um climate change report and he mentioned that and i haven't looked into this myself and and maybe i misheard what he said but he seemed to indicate that as climate change progresses there is a very real fact and the fact is that there will be a border opening up between the united states and russia and he thinks or rather not him, but but uh, that may very well be the thing that will make America think about climate change. Because we're so incredibly invested in our borders. And if you start telling Americans that, hey, if the ice keeps melting, there's going to be a border between you and Russia. Most Americans are going to be like, border? Border? <laughs> Donald Trump's going to say, well, it's cool. We're going to solve. We're going to build the wall and Russia's going to pay for it. But, of course, that's probably not the solution. The solution is that you need these dire consequences to start happening in order for people to realize. But, unfortunately, you have a federal government that publishes this article on Black Friday when literally zero people care. Yeah. And if you don't think that that was planned, if you don't think that that was done deliberately, then you're an idiot. Because it was absolutely done for that reason. Because you have an administration who openly denies essentially all science. The man didn't appoint a science advisor for like a year and a half. And the science advisor is yet to even be an active science advisor. He has not yet been approved. So you have this Muppet halfway through his presidency without any advice on science. Not that he would take it anyway, because he thinks he understands everything, because he's an absolute Muppeteer. This is the same guy who thinks that using his hairspray doesn't harm the the ozone layer, even though we have a lot of science, a lot of credible scientists, a lot of money. This is the important point, actually. You have so... I wonder if he looks at the budget and he sees that $50 billion go to science every year. Do you think he does that? I'm almost, yeah, glad, he do- so. I'm almost glad he doesn't, because then he'd be like, wait, $50 billion goes to science? Well, why don't we use that to build the wall? So I'm kind of glad that he's an idiot in that regard. But man, I don't like to I don't like to bash I don't like to bash too much because I don't like to have a type of politics where you hate someone and you don't want to see them succeed. I do want to see him succeed, but I also want him to be smart in some regard, in any regard. I want him to actually use intelligence. And part of that starts with acknowledging you don't know something and asking for advice on it. Because that's something that he really lacks as a human being, and part and, of the- and and then someone in his position uh, wields a lot of influence as well, and he's showing a lot of people 
young and old, that it's all right to not know something and just pretend you do and just bullshit your way through it and just bulldoze through any opposing opinions. Yeah, because so many people take this man's word on things. Like, if you post on Twitter that climate change isn't real, and you're someone, some idiot who doesn't really have any, you know, you have like four followers like me, I have like 700 followers. If I post on Twitter that climate change isn't real, I might influence like two people to start raising doubts. But if you're someone like Donald Trump and you have, you know, 50 million followers on Twitter and you're the president of the United States, the le- leader of the free world, and you say that you don't believe in climate change, you're, you're really putting out a noticeable impact on the world, a noticeable impact on impressionable people. Because a lot of people, if Donald Trump came out and said climate change is real, I believe in it, I've been convinced, a lot of people would follow him and say, you know what, you're right, Donnie, you're right. So it's just a, it, it's a real issue that I don't think we realize yet. And I don't like to get all doom and gloom. I, I think it's bad. I think getting all doom and gloom doesn't work, actually. If you look at most psychological studies on climate change, doom and gloom doesn't work. Saying that the world's going to blow up and fail and all the ice caps are going to melt and your house is going to be underwater doesn't actually work. It doesn't work. But what does work is having people you trust convince you that science is correct and you should trust it. You know, That's why I had Ken Miller on the podcast, and that, that was one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. He's a Roman Catholic, and he has been on the Colbert, Colbert Report. He's been on a bunch of news stations. He's been interviewed for documentaries because he's a Roman Catholic who's not a fundamentalist. He's a scientist, and he tries to attack the anti-science aspects of some sections of Christianity. And he tries to attack them in a productive way and say, listen, you can't take the Bible so seriously. You have to understand that science can help us here. Science can help us, if you will, understand the mind of God. You know, Stephen Hawking said that. I think it was his quote. He said, I like to study physics or I like to study astronomy because I'm studying the mind of God. And there's something to that. And so trust these goddamn people. Trust scientists. Don't be so stupid and think everything's a goddamn conspiracy. Yeah, but I don't want to give my children autism. So. That's true. Probably don't vaccinate, I guess. I saw that there was a um I saw and I didn't I don't have this article pulled up, although I I probably should have. I saw that there was some reported cases of chickenpox in like Jesus Christ, I don't know, probably Alabama, some state. Some state that you would think that wouldn't vaccinate their kids. Like some state that you would like, like Mississippi or something that you would stereotypically. It's funny. Do you know what the one state, I always tell people I have listeners from all 50 states, but that's actually a lie. That's a lie. I have listeners from 49 states. Do you know what the one is that no one listens? Mississippi? It's Alabama. Alabama. It's Alabama. (laughs) For some reason, my science outreach has not reached Alabama. And I'm not saying everyone in Alabama is dumb. I'm only saying like 98% of people in Alabama are dumb, you know? No. (laughs) Of course I'm kidding because I'm from Pennsylvania where, you know, in 2005, the Dover Area School District in Pennsylvania changed their curriculum such that they were teaching creationism. So, you know, it's just America. It's not Alabama. It's this whole goddamn place. We're all so stupid. All right, 
I'm I'm fired up. I'm angry. <laughs> this got me so mad. When I seen this, it got me so upset because, like, this science denialism is so rampant today. As an example of that, you know, you're you're at NASA. You guys landed. How do you think Donald Trump reacts to people at NASA talking bad about him? Do you see it a lot when you work there? No, you're not allowed to discuss politics there. Really? Well, yeah, it's it's federal government, so there's we're sticklers for everything. You can't discuss politics. You have to be very inclusive. Um, what was I talking about that one time? And they were like, oh, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. Oh, I was talking about Tom Cruise being a Scientologist and jumping on couches. And they're like, yeah, like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it like that. You know, I, I was like, cause I was like, oh, you know, Tom Cruise. And they're like, oh, someone's like, oh, I've heard some things about Tom Cruise. And I was like, yeah, like he's insane. And they're like, oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit much sometimes, but I mean, that's, that's just part of, you know, being in the federal government Ooh. and not having a lot of money and being at risk of budget cuts. I could not, I could not <laughs> do that. I couldn't. Man, and the best I just... part is, walking into the main entrance in Building One, you see, um, you see Mark Geyer and and his deputy, the the Senate director and his deputy, and then you see Bridenstine, and there's someone else, and then there's Donald Trump right there staring at you. Oh, just this big dumb face. What yeah. a guy. How big is it? It's not. I mean, it's not huge. It's like, I don't know, probably. Two and a half feet, two feet tall, maybe, and eighteen feet wide. I, I, not feet, inches, inches. Oh, I was gonna two say half, <laughs> two and a half feet tall and eighteen feet that wide. That would be the really most skewed <laughs> picture ever. You would have the you would have the widest face ever. <laughs> that would wow. be terrifying. Oh my god, that would be a scare. <laughs> Imagine that. But you it should... is a bit bigger than the other ones, and it's like it's like above. It's like centered above all the other ones. Oh my god! Yeah, I often say that like I, I'm not going to be able to work anywhere. I'm just not because <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot do the censorship thing. And it's not even that like sometimes when people say that, you know, other people are like, "Well, you're probably just a racist," or you're you know, you're probably just a homophobe or whatever. I'm just like I have like a comedic nature built into me like i like to make jokes about everything you know what i mean like let me tell you this my wife showed me this today and i could not stop laughing there was a gender fluid guy whatever that means a gender fluid guy his name is guess what his name is the first hold on his first name is a form of precipitation and his last name is a bird okay rainhawk Ooh, you got the first one right. No, but right. the bird is wrong. Try again. What's a really like what what if you could pick one gender fluid bird, what would you pick? Peacock. Nope. Parrot? That has the word cock in it. That is the opposite of gender fluid. Um cock starts, to, No, that has cock in it as well. Starts with a d D. A D. A what bird name starts with it? A dove. So stupid. Rainy Thank dove. you. Rain Dove. His name is Rain Dove. Okay. Now listen, I don't judge people's names. Rain Dove. You can, you can call yourself Rain Dove all you want. I'm fine with you calling yourself Rain Dove. But here's the funny part. Oh, I just think I threw up in my mouth. Oh, I almost did it again. It's okay though. It's fine. Anyway, this guy, gender fluid, his name is Rain Dove. Okay. He walks into a women's restroom and... I think he's technically a female. 
I think. Like his license maybe says female on it, right? But he looks like a guy. He looks like a stereotypical, like what you would think of a man to look like. Okay? And maybe that's not even, maybe you're not even allowed to say that. I don't know. But all I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you picture a typical human being that's born with a penis, that grows up without changing their penis, and you look at them when they're 40 years old, that's the type of sex that this man looks like, okay? That's it. That's what I'm saying. He walks into a women's restroom to take a pee, you know, and there's a mom with her kids in there, and and this mom pepper sprays the shit out of him. <laughs> like, hard. And then runs out of there and gets security to go in and scoop him up, or her up. Listen. I'm not gen- I'm not transphobic. I'm not genderphobic, if that's even a word. I'm fine with all of it. But that, to me, super funny. <laughs> hey, hey, Rain Dove, here's a good idea. Don't walk in the bathroom looking like a dude <laughs> and get pepper sprayed in the face. Yeah, I think, I don't I think a lot of people don't think of, you know, they're so centered on themselves and this is the way I feel, this is the way I want to express myself. But they don't take time to think how other people are going to react, whether or not it's the right reaction. You know, there's there's a way people should react, and there's a way people will react. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't and pepper if, spray everyone you see, but it's still hilarious. Yeah, well, no, no, and I, and I mean, from his perspective too, like or her perspective, I don't know. If you look like a dude and you walk into a woman's restroom, you know, the woman in there is not going to go, not going to look at you and read your brain and go, "Oh, you actually think you're a female, and this is where you belong." They're going to think. Some creepy dude is walking into the bathroom to take pictures of me or do God knows what. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to, you have to be aware of that. One time I was at the University of Maryland and I was with a friend and we went into the bathroom, but we didn't look at the sign apparently. So we walk into the bathroom and it's a, it's a gender neutral bathroom. And I should have suspected this because I walked in and there were no urinals. I was like, what's going on here? But then I opened up the first stall and there was a urinal. There was a stall. In the stall. There was a stall around the urinal instead of a toilet. It was a stall or, or, or a like urinal. Such a waste. Then just make it a toilet. And I was. Why? <laughs> That's such a waste. Well, here's what probably happened. It probably was a men's bathroom, and they were like, "All right, we got to just put your stalls yeah. up." But anyway, so I walk in and I, I'm at the stall and I'm, you know, taking a pee, and and my friend walks in the stall next to me and he's taking a pee and we're both mesmer and we're talking over the stall because. I, maybe this is disrespectful, dude, but this is what I do in the men's bathroom. If I go in there with a friend, we're going to have a conversation, okay? It's fine. And I'm taking a pee, and I'm talking about how good it feels to take a pee because I have to pee real bad. I'm like, oh, my God, this feels so good. Do you know that relief you get when you take a, like, yeah. a pee after when a while? You, when your knees go kind of weak and you like shake a little bit, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, and it's just that's, this that's like I, feeling. It's this feel. It's like eating after you haven't eaten for like 12 hours. It's you just like You put your head back, and you kind of just go, oh. Yes, you do. You put your head back. Yeah. And you just let it go. You don't even touch. You don't even hold your dick. You just yeah. Maybe dicks. Your your whole body's loose. The only muscles that are working are just keeping you upright at that point. Nothing yes. else. It's the most amazing feeling, and I'm, you know, I'm expressing my joy for this moment. And then I walk out of the stall to wash my hands, and there's a woman standing next to me, <laughs> and she had heard my entire conversation. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I realized I'm like, oh wait a minute. Did I misunderstand? And then I walk out of the bathroom and I realize this is gender neutral bathroom. And that's why there were stalls around everything. 
And that's why I made myself look like an absolute ignoramus. But this is, this is, I didn't know. I didn't know. Here's, here's what's funny though. I often wonder like, wait, how didn't I see that sign on the way in? Like, how did I even know which bathroom to go into? Anyway. And I'm wondering if I literally just instinctively went to the bathroom on my left. And then I was thinking about other bathrooms I know. And I feel like the men's bathroom's on the left. In like every bathroom. Like, do you know when you walk up to a bathroom and there's like a hallway that goes to the right and a hallway that goes to the left? I feel like the men's bathroom's always on the left. And I think I might have instinctively done that. And ignored somehow the gender fluid sign. I don't know. That was a moment in my career where maybe I wasn't as proud of myself as I ought to be. But I didn't get pepper sprayed. So that's, good. that's a that's plus. Important. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think yeah, be a little more cautious. Like you you have to understand this is a weird denial that exists. If you look like a man, you you have to at least acknowledge that you look like a man, right? Yeah. It's okay to call yourself a woman, but you have to at least acknowledge that you look like the stereotypical version of a man. You can't get mad at someone for saying, oh, that person looks like the stereotypical version of a man, if indeed you call yourself a woman. Yeah. Just because you look like a man. If yeah. you look like a man, people are going to assume oh, those, you're a man. Those are my least, like, and I've had those people, you know, when I was a cashier, and, and you'd say, oh, how are you doing today, sir? Or, you know, like, or you'd use a he, you know, or whatever. And they'd get angry. And they'd be like, you know, literally, like, like, like the stereotype. Did you just assume my gender, you know? Like, what, <laughs> Wait, what makes you think that? Wait, you had someone say that to you? Yeah. And oh, it's like, no. it's like, what do you think made me assume it? You have a beard. Like, you have a <laughs> pronounced Adam's apple. Like, what? <laughs> What do you think? You know, like I can't read your fucking brainwaves. You have a beard. <laughs> I don't know what you what you want to call yourself. All yeah. I know is what I see that you're projecting on the outside. It's so weird because it, it's especially weird because, like, I don't know. I've been raised to call people that look like men men, people that look like women women, and now you kind of like it's 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 kind of like this, right? If you have a if I have a ninety year old grandfather and he's racist, I kind of give it to him. I'm like, all right, you can have it. You know, you're gonna die <laughs> soon anyway. There's no sense in trying to correct you at this stage. It's probably not gonna work. It's ingrained in your brain. If you're racist and you're ninety, you can you can take that. Congratulations. Here's your free being racist card. Yeah, like you can have it. You know what I mean? You're a nine year old white man. You were alive during the Civil War. You can have it, okay? <laughs> you can just have it. It's yours to take. And I feel like, and I, that's I'm not saying that it's okay to be racist or okay to be transphobic, but I'm saying you can't expect people to like take this really abstract idea because it really is an abstract idea to like take someone. You know, if a, if a lion walked up to you and was like, "I identify as a sheep." And you're like, but wait a minute, you don't look like a sheep. I've always been taught that lions are like these cat-looking things that are like orangish, tannish color, and they eat sheep. They don't be sheep. I'm confused. Can you break it down for me? It's going to be tough. Or if a dog wakes up and he's like, I identify as a cat. If it's a pug, maybe, you know, the, it could pass. But if it's, <laughs> it's an like, ugly cat. <laughs> but if it's, oh my God, pugs are disgusting. I hate pugs. I'm sorry. People who love pugs... I don't get it. You know what the worst part of a pug is? It has no tail. So its butthole's just always on everything. 
That always freaks That's me actually, out. I hate when my dog sits down and her tail is up. And I'll, she's like, sit on my bed. And I'm like, your butthole is on my bed. I and you don't it. clean that. You don't like, wipe. And you don't, you don't wipe. wipe. You don't, you're not, like a cat at least has a clean butt. A cat is a clean creature. My dog, no. She just, half the time there's things hanging off when she just gets up and walks away. It's like, get that Ooh, off me. It's so bad. And it, it freaks me out. Like, if you're a dog, have the decency to cover up your your beehole, you know? Yeah. Because it it's just not. I love I love you know a dog's a good dog when it lays on its back you know with like its arms its paws up in uh-huh. the air yeah and it curls its tail up over its stomach so it covers its butthole yes that's, that's a, a classy dog. dog that's a classy dog that's a, that's how all dogs should be yeah if you're a dog and you're walking around with your beehole out and you're not cleaning it because most dogs in America today are too fat to even reach down to you know give it a clean <laughs> so I don't think that's the most... <laughs> <laughs> What? I don't think that's that's the reason. But continue. You don't know. I, I don't. I don't. You I don't know every don't. dog in America. Yeah. But I don't know. All I'm saying is like, don't get too mad if you look like a guy. And you have a, like a tank top on. And you have pretty pronounced like, you know, biceps. And you look like a maybe like an athletic dude. Don't expect it. Don't expect to not get pepper sprayed in a women's bathroom. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know, if I walked into a women's bathroom and I said, "What gender do I look like?" or "What sex do I look like?" I would be offended if they said female, because <laughs> I think I look like a man. I would hope so. I would hope that ordinary people uh, look like. Does the beard not give it away? The beard just makes it confusing. Because you're like, <laughs> that's kind of true. It's like <laughs> these added elements don't actually identify anymore. They just complicate things. <laughs> you know, speaking of beards and getting confusing, I love those old ladies that have beards or like fairly thick mustaches. Have you seen these ones? They're like oh, the ones yeah. who go to Walmart at like three in the morning. It freaks me out. Oh yeah, it's it really and I just I can't not stare at it. You know, I had a... it's like, don't you notice that? Don't you feel that? Yeah, that's not. I I had a girl that I went to school with in undergrad, and maybe you know her too, but she was this girl that, like, she had, she had hair that went past, like, sideburns, kind of, that went all the way down, essentially, like, she had, like, a Wolverine-type beard. Like, nothing in the front, (laughs) but just, like, thick on the side. And props to her for not caring. Because... I feel like if I like I'm really self conscious, even as a, like an ordinary man. If I was a woman and and I had the societal pressure to not have facial hair, and I was walking around with the Wolverine beard, I would definitely feel a pressure <laughs> to get rid of it. But she just did not care, and I admire her for that. Honestly, I'm not even making. But she fun. never. But she never tried to walk into the men's bathroom with it. That's true. One time I was taking a pee at the urinal, and um, I heard someone washing their hands behind me, and I turned around because I thought it was a a friend of mine because. I don't know. I guess me and all my friends go to the bathroom together or something. And I turned around and it was this Asian girl staring at me in the eyes. And I'm at the urinal and I'm peeing and I'm looking behind me and this Asian girl's just looking me dead in the eyes. And then she realizes. She actually realized. Like she was like, oh, I didn't mean to come in the men's restroom. I accidentally came in the men's <laughs> restroom and somehow didn't notice the urinals on the wall. And she saw me and she 
mid hand wash doesn't even turn off the faucet doesn't even get a doesn't even get a paper towel just books it out of the restroom <laughs> just gone in 60 seconds out of the restroom <laughs> nicholas cage out of the restroom so that was my experience with gender fluidity did you see i'm curious did you do you know what north sentinel island is i have no idea okay north this fascinates the hell out of me North Sentinel Island is this island in the Indian Ocean with one of the only, in fact, I think I could, I think I'm allowed to say the only one that we are absolutely sure of, the only tribe that is uncontacted Mm. by civilization, uncontacted by the white man, you know, and um, it's so fascinating to me that some culture can be alive in 2018 and be complete we don't understand their language we have very few pictures of them we have very few video of them in fact i don't even think we have like i think there's like one uh helicopter footage of them and maybe like a black and white photo from a long time ago from people you know like looking at them on the shore and i in fact i think that there was even a i don't know even what you'd call them like an anthropologist or something who went there on a boat and made, like, friendly contact with them. Like, couldn't speak to them, couldn't interact with them, really, but was able to step foot on the shore and leave alive. They didn't kill him. But recently there was this Christian missionary who went there, you know. He he didn't have any weapons, but he had the Bible. And, so, and historically, I guess the Bible has been a weapon. Um, but he had the Bible. That thing is thick. You can do some damage with oh, that. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna bring a, a Bible in the bathroom with me from now on. So if I see a, <laughs> if I see a woman walk in the bathroom, I'm clubbing her over the head with this Bible. But so this Christian missionary that's goes, my woman clubbing Bible. Yeah, he goes to this his this island to try to, you know, convert these savages, if you will. And this isn't what he said, but I'm quoting Lord of the Flies: convert these uh, these people and try to contact them and try to show them the Word of God. And you know what they do? Hey, real quick, say to me, hey, would you like to see this Bible? Hey, would you like to see this Bible? I just shot you in the face with an arrow. <laughs> My favorite. Hold on. Like, Hold on. Hold oh. on. Ask me again. But but I think you might really like to read this Bible. Oh, hold on. Here's a spear. I'm going to throw it through your chest. Oh, ouch. But this, this Bible, just take it. Just read it. Um, Here's a, here's a good idea. I've been uncontacted for 60,000 years, and I can't read your goddamn book. So, but it's the word of God. Here's a tree to the face, and now you're dead. <laughs> so thanks for coming, and thanks for bringing your goddamn human diseases here to kill us all. Appreciate it. Now leave. Thank you. That's how the interaction went. My favorite comment I saw on the internet about that was um, this missionary. <laughs> so he wanted to introduce the tribe to God. But instead, they introduced him to God. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, they <laughs> sure did. They introduced him to a lot of things. And God ended up being the final thing that they introduced him to. But man, so what a... Like, and did, did you see what his parents did? No. So, this is crazy. I read this in The Guardian. The Guardian is saying that whatever country he set sail out of, or I guess whatever country technically owns this plot of land has issued 
charges against unidentified tribesmen. <laughs> okay? Now, they're not going to They're going to bring them to justice. They're not going to go, like, arrest them, I don't think. <laughs> but they've also charged, I think, the people who brought that brought this guy via boat to the island with manslaughter, which I think is interesting. Because it is illegal to go there. And these people agreed to, to bring them on bring him on the boat. To them it's probably funny, like, oh let's see what this guy can do. And then he just gets <laughs> you know and then the family came the family of this guy came out and and was like, We don't we don't want anyone to get in trouble. He was a he believed in God, he believed in spreading the word of God. And to have that restraint is insane to me. If my son just got killed, I I'd be rolling up in there like Black Hawk down. I'd be strapped to the gills. I'd look like Marine Corps Six or whatever. Whoever the people who pro- pro- go around in the water with face masks on, that'd be me. I'd be right. I'd have grenades. I'd be <laughs> Terminator Five on that island. You know what I mean? Oh, what you're gonna shoot an arrow at me? Well, check this out. This is called a gun. <laughs> If they kill my son, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't have the restraint. I'd be on my. I'd be. I'd be on a boat there right now. I don't know. I would. I feel differently. <laughs> what would you do? I would. Right. I would be ashamed that I raised a son so stupid to think he could go to an uncontacted tribe that you're not supposed to contact and try to teach them about this abstract concept called God that oh. we have. And expect things to go swimmingly. Exactly. Exactly right. I was just kidding. Of course this guy's a Muppet. Of course he's an idiot. Yeah. Why would you do that? Do you know that there might be uncontacted tribes in the Amazon, but we're not positive if there are. Because there's really no way to, you know, detect them, I guess. That's why we're cutting down the rainforest. Yeah. Eventually we'll get there. Eventually we'll uncover all of them. That's true. Yes uncontacted thank, yeah thank god for deforestation of the amazon rainforest yes where else could there even be you know do you ever did you ever look at like a map of the places that humans haven't been on the earth it's actually quite expansive there's a lot of places we haven't been on this earth and i don't mean just like down beneath the surface of the ocean or whatnot i mean like on the actual surface of the earth there are a lot of but how places. many of those places could actually support life Oh, very few, but I'm just amazed that no idiot has decided to go there. Because, like, even they probably I, they probably did back in the day, and just no one knew about it. Yeah, maybe that's true. We'll we'll know because we'll probably find dead people if we start ex- excavate ex ex escalating. If we start es- <laughs> if we build es- if we build escalators there, then maybe we'll find them. If I if I was an archaeologist and I was in school and we had an archaeology club, I would want. <laughs> Our t-shirts to say something about as how did you say escalatoring Escal- escalating escalatoring yeah escalatoring <laughs> yeah let's go escalate or let's go escalate Does that yeah, I think escalators should be built everywhere <laughs> escalators are my favorite do you know which ones I actually do I actually don't like escalators do you know which ones I really hate hmm. the ones in the airport that are flat. But they're so much fun. I love I love stepping oh, off. I love because walking. Because all on of them. a sudden you just go so slow and everyone's like they like lurch forward and they're yeah. like, Whoa, my yeah. body doesn't walk that fast. But like what's the point? Are you that lazy that you can't walk the twenty five feet? Because it's, it's, for, it's for when you're late and you have a flight. And every second counts. 
Because they see you coming and they're like, I'm just going to shut this gate anyway. And even though it only shut 10 seconds ago, I can't open it until they land on the other side 1,200 miles away in fucking Africa. It's so funny because when when I'm a kid and I watch like Home Alone, you get this impression that like planes really leave on time. You better be there ASAP. <laughs> but in actuality, your ticket says 3 p.m. You could probably show up to the airport at 3.20 p.m. and still board at the right time. Now, you might get beat up by security and ripped off if you're on American Airlines, but you could probably still get there. <laughs> it's amazing, actually. They're so slow and inefficient. And part of that is because people have bombs. That's part of it. But nevertheless, man, do you, do you ever go to small regional airports? Yeah, I was at this one in um, in North Carolina. Oh, my God. I think they had three or four gates. And they were all just flights to Charlotte. They were all just, like, the, the planes didn't go anywhere else. They were just from Charlotte to this airport. And I remember when I, when I came in there, um, I walked out, and it was like a glorified hotel. Like, you know, at airports, the pickup and drop-off zone, you know, like all these lanes and – and all these signs and everything. This was like walking out of of like a, a day's in, you know, where they have like this little overhang spot, you know, where like the cars can come up and it's just like the circular drive. That's all it was. There were no signs. There was nothing. Like from the outside, you didn't know it was an airport. Yeah. And literally zero security. They did not care at all. It was one old guy and he just looked at me and was like, oh, you're good. Like, okay. Dude, literally I could have... I could have brought six small apes in a suitcase through the security <laughs> at in Montana in the airport I went you, to. You could have had six small apes wearing a trench coat yes. and I could have gotten through. Literally. Now, I was very careful there because I was going to say I could have brought six bombs. But I think that even saying that will get you in jail these days. Yeah, you'll definitely be put on a watch list. Yeah. So I don't well, I'm already on a watch list for sure. Because I talk about gunning down uncontacted tribes. <laughs> but of course I'm yeah, kidding. But this is America. That's what we've literally built our country on. That's true. We built our country on the freedom to talk about gunning down uncontacted tribes. And we also built our country on literally gunning down uncontacted <laughs> tribes. Oh, they were contacted though with bullets. They were. There was contact. Yeah. <laughs> There's contact. There was certainly contact. The movie Contact was originally just about every bullet that was ever fired into a Native American. And yep. you just, you, it was just a montage. You were those bullets just leaving the gun, hitting someone, leaving the gun. Yep. NFL refs would definitely throw a flag on the type of contact that, was, yeah, that that's, happened. That yeah. would probably get you kicked out of the game. It yeah, might not you, be the, maybe not the first time you do it, but. They'd send you a fine, like a $25,000 fine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But. For sure, don't gun down uncontacted tribes. <laughs> That's my lesson of the day. It, NASA had a big week or big uh, past two weeks. Yeah. So we got the inside lander on Mars, which went perfectly. Do you have a lot of yeah. people at your place that were involved in that? No, that was JPL. Hmm. So, so JSC is is focused on human space flights. So we're all ISS and, and SLS and commercial crew. That sort of stuff is what we're focused on. This was all JPL. Uh, and hats off to them because they're incredible. But um, yeah, it went perfectly. This is what like our oh, – I forget how many landers we've had successfully. But we are the only country to ever land successfully on Mars. I did not know that. It's really cool. 
It's it's very. I'm not big on planetary science, and I'm not even really big on space flight. I'm not huge on it. I I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't make me super happy like it makes some other people super happy. But it's still <laughs> like really incredibly, incredibly interesting. Do you know what Insight was supposed to do? Do you know so what Insight is? is is to study the inside of Mars. It's supposed to gain insight into the inside of Mars. So. Mm-hmm. We have a seismology experiment to basically see if there's any tremors or anything going on in Mars. Um, it has this mole that's built by the Germans that it's going to take and set out, and it's going to burrow like 16 feet down into the inside of Mars, and it's going to basically take temperature readings to see how warm the uh, the center of the planet is because we're not sure. We don't know what the temperature is down there. So this is going to well, give us an idea. It's, it's not going to. It's not going to take the temperature of the the planet i think it's is it supposed to measure temperature flux so like how much how much energy is essentially coming out of the planet is that the idea i don't, I don't know exactly what it measures specifically i know the point of it is to be able to see what the warmth is like inside the planet what what yeah. the center of the planet is, is mm-hmm. like well i don't think you can get an indication oh you know what you never mind i think you can i think if you can measure the ground temperature you can get indications about the composition. And if you can infer from that that the composition is essentially like that of the Earth's, which it may very well be, then you can start to get ideas about the interior of Mars. Yeah. Because yeah. then you would, know, you would know the size and the volume. If you knew the density, you would know the pressure, and you would that would give you insight to the temperature as yeah. well. I don't know. I'm, I'm just spitballing. Yeah. But, yeah, and then the, the, and it has another experiment, and I'm not sure what that experiment is. Um, but those are the two I remember. Yeah, it's so cool to see like the control room when it lands successfully. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's in this. Actually, working at JSC is giving me some insight. So the JPL mission control is totally different than JSC mission control because when they finish at JPL, when they get the signal that everything's good, everyone jumps up and they're screaming and hollering and they're celebrating, and then that's it because. By the time that they find out, you know, that lander's already been there for seven or eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you, you can't do anything at that point. Um, but with Johnson, you know, mission control, something successful, and everyone, you know, holds their fist in the air and looks around. You know, there's maybe a few high fives. But then immediately everyone is back at work because there's humans in the loop. Mm-hmm. And so once once you get the human where they're supposed to be, you know, that's that's not even half the battle. That's just the first hurdle. Now you have to make sure they stay alive, they get set up, they get all that stuff done. So I thought I thought that was like an interesting thing to to learn. Yeah, it's very cool. I I don't wish this upon them, but I'd like to see the emotion in the room when, like, if Insight just crashed into the dirt and didn't work. <laughs> like, how would they react? They'd be so upset. Like, oh <laughs> yeah. boy, yeah. No, but successes like this are so important for f- funding of science, actually. Because if you can prove that you can do really complex things and you can do them successfully, the James Webb Space Telescope is a big one. Oh, if we uh, fail, if we fail, for those of you who don't know, the James Webb Space Telescope is this uh, big telescope that's going to be like a million miles away from Earth. We're sending it something like that, one point two million, maybe, maybe that's wrong, but something like that. And um, again, I'm not far enough away that we can't send a human to fix it like we did with Hubble. Yes, way too far away, and it's essentially the telescope that's going to replace Hubble if you will. It's going to be the essentially the best space telescope. It's going to be able to see the furthest back or the most distant objects. And we're sending this thing very far we're not away gonna, from We're Earth. not going to get optical pictures right. from it. 
that's important to note when you say it's going to replace Hubble. Yeah, it will be primarily in the infrared. Uh, but that's actually due to how, res- how, how much resolution it has. It will see incredibly far back that almost everything you see will be redshifted down to the infrared. Um, and so building an infrared detector is incredibly important. For those of you who don't know about anything I just said, let me give you a crash course, okay? When we see distant objects in the universe, we're essentially looking back in time, if you will, because light takes time to get to us. It's not instantaneous. If the sun were to blow up right now, it would take eight minutes for that light to receive us. In other words, it would take eight minutes for the message to get to us that the sun has blown up. So if the sun blew up right now, we would not know about it until eight minutes. So if you're spending your last eight minutes watching my podcast, you are the true fan. And here's what I need you to do. Before you, <laughs> before you die, before you die, I need you to go on patreon.com slash the state of the universe and show the show some love. Thank you. Anyway, so the further objects you look back, you look at further and further and further objects, you are looking further and further back in time. And not only does that light take time to get to you, it takes time to travel through space, but it also undergoes what's called redshift. And you could imagine redshift as the light is traveling through empty space, and something very interesting about empty space, the space between galaxies, is that it's expanding. We don't know why it's expanding. We know that the universe is expanding. We call it dark energy right now, but that doesn't really tell you anything. It's a name. The name is kind of meaningless. Because there's no, there's nothing to go on about the name. We know what it does. We don't know why it does it. We know that galaxies are being pushed apart, if you will. Um, galaxies that are far away from each other. The space between them is expanding. There's some force. Some force that causes space itself to expand. We don't understand it. But as light travels through space, the wavelength of that light gets stretched. It, it elongates. It gets longer. It's like a slinky being pulled apart. And because of that, if an object far away emits, I don't know, blue light, we might see it as red by the time it gets to Earth. That's what redshift is. And so the James Webb Space Telescope will primarily study the infrared because almost all of the objects that are really, really, really far away from us will be emitting infrared light. That's the idea. But the James Webb is so incredibly risky because not only is it going really far away from us here on the Earth, but it will be packaged. Nate, maybe you can speak to this more than I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you send something into space, the shape of the object is typically limited by the payload fairing in the rocket. And that's a very tip, tippy-top part of the rocket. And essentially, each, each rocket that you build has its own speci- specifications for how wide the diameter across of that payload fairing and anything that you want to send into space has to fit that so like the space shuttle for example the reason that the modules on the iss are the diameter that they are is because that they had to fit within the payload bay of the space shuttle or else you couldn't get them there so in order for this um this telescope which i don't even know a good way to describe it it's got this large flat bottom which is a sun shield and then it's got um basically like an antenna dish on it on top of that and so it's, it's this very weird shape very odd shaped telescope and so in order to fit it into a into a payload fairing you have to fold it up and not just like an accordion but all different ways things have to fold up and over and down and inside of each other and so once they launch it 
and it gets way out to uh, I forget it's what L two point I think. Yes. Um, and I forget I don't know how far away that is. But uh, once it gets out to the L two point, it's gonna un- unfold itself basically, and I think it's gonna take like a sixty days or something to go about doing everything. There's a really cool video. You should link it with the podcast. Um, the really cool time lapse video of it going out to the orbit and then unfolding all these different pieces. And it's got, oh, it's got like so many things that it has to unfold. Uh, and it's, it's by far, with the exception of building the International Space Station, it's probably the most, it's the second most difficult engineering thing we've ever done in space and one of the most difficult engineering things we've ever done. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive. It's, it's nuts. And if it doesn't work, that's even that's so bad because it's, oh. it's what is it a couple billion dollar project yeah we've point? we've sunk a lot of money into this yes um, if it works so, it will be the best ever it will help us understand so much about the early universe yeah it's now getting it's now nearing 10 billion dollars in cost so it's essentially half of nasa's budget for an entire year uh and we've been developing it for 20 years or so now and it just keeps getting delayed yes. and delayed and it's it's a giant clusterfuck uh, for lack of a better term yes but if it if it works it's it's incredible i i hope it works but man i want to talk to you about something about insight i saw this mm-hmm. the other day and it blew my mind okay i saw so much denial that this probe had landed on mars so much denial like on you're reading too many internet comments i know but as a science educator it's important that you understand you know what the public believes you know your money comes from the public so and of course this is a small sample size but i saw so many people that were saying things like well why don't we have video of the landing and (laughs) these sorts of things and do you know why they don't record landings on Mars. Because uh, we don't have enough money for, A, an orbiting telescope to be a strong enough orbiting tele- telescope to actually record it and then send all of that data back and have it downlink. That would be absurd. Exactly. Yes. Exa- that's the exact... I'm so impressed by you. Oh my, look how... It's, <laughs> it's almost like you work for NASA. Um, but I just interned there. I don't. I don't work there yet. Do you, why do you always give that disclaimer? Why can't you just pr- pump yourself? Because I. I don't. I don't work there. I'm an intern. I call myself an astrophysicist. I don't have a PhD yet. I don't. Know, I feel like. I feel like the disclaimer is needed. Or do you call yourself a physicist? No, I don't do physics. I have a physics degree, but I'm not a physicist. What do you I'm call not, I don't practice it. What do you call yourself? I call myself a student with a an internship. I I call myself um a chubby boy. I call myself <laughs> balding balding dude. I call myself a fatherless balding man. <laughs> I call myself a depressed Basically person. It. Oh, I'm not depressed though. That's that's not true. You're I'm not depressed? No, I'm very happy. Really? I love my life. Do you ever get depressed though? Sometimes sometimes I get sad. Like like about I, what? It, about what? Yeah, like I don't know. It's not. It's not like anything in particular. I get in a funk if um. Oh, I'm one of those people who needs who needs sunlight. I get real funky. So especially in undergrad, you know, in the winter, there'd just be like weeks where I just, I just feel off, you know. Yeah. And in high school too. But since I moved out, dude, there's. I mean, it's seventy degrees, you know, right now, and it's sunny. 
I mean, not right now. It's not sunny, but during the day, it's sunny and it's beautiful. And I, I don't get in a funk very much down here. Do you get imposter syndrome ever? Do you know what that is? Oh my god, all the time. Yeah, I live all in it they, all the time. They yeah. call me the imposter because I have it so bad. <laughs> my nick, my nickname is Brendan the Imposter. Because like I when just, you're telling people to, and you're just like, you're like, maybe I don't know this at all. Like, am I just making all this shit up? Oh yeah, I think I make everything up. I think everything I've ever said was made up. <laughs> yeah, I don't say anything. It real. might actually be. Once I saw Donald Trump and Kanye West in the White House together, I just figured we lived in a simulation. So, <laughs> but we definitely do. But what what were you saying before? Oh, the negative comments. The negative comments. Oh. Yeah, I saw so many people like, well, why don't we have a video of this? You know, why don't we have a recording of this? And, man, I even saw one guy say, I want to kill myself for saying this, for even repeating this. Why didn't we just strap a GoPro to it? Hey. <laughs> hey, Nate. <laughs> why didn't why we just... didn't we strap <laughs> a GoPro? Okay. Why don't well... we just wrap a GoPro around your neck and strangle you? How's that? Let's. Ask that guy if he knows how to send a signal, a, a, <laughs> a clear video signal from a GoPro 2,000 or 2 million miles. Uh, if wish... he can figure that out and, and make it a small, very compact thing that weighs only a few kilograms and can survive the cold emptiness of space and then the heat of reentry, yeah, then we'll strap a GoPro to it. That's totally fine. Yeah. What but then, it took a picture 30 seconds after it landed. What more do you people want? It's fake. The picture's Are fake. Are you kidding me? <laughs> here's what uh, I don't get. Here's what I here's what I like blows my mind actually. I I could un, I could wrap my head around faking the moon landing. Like I could wrap my head around why you might want to do that. Yeah, what's the point of faking this? Why are you going to fake measuring seismic activity? That's the most boring fake thing <laughs> ever. It's this little lander. Yeah, it's going to measure Mars quakes, and we're faking that. Who are we hoodwinking? The whole mission itself, everything itself, like $800 million. That is The military pisses that away in a few hours. Like, why are we... They literally do, actually. Yeah, because... Do do you ever look at a military budget? Oh, it's absurd. Well, uh, some of that actually goes to research and development, I think. Yeah, yeah, so like some, like DOD projects and DARPA stuff. Yeah, yeah, some of that's diverted. I think there's like a, some kind of weird, sh- weird stuff going on at RIT. They do some kind of like Department of Defense secretive stuff, and I'm oh. gonna sneak in one day and figure out what it is. Dude, I want to go to Area 50. Will you go to Area 51 with me? Yeah, let's do it. Just run on site. Can you just show them your badge and maybe get in? <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> it says NASA intern. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just? I'll just show my license. You think they're gonna they're gonna roll out the red carpet? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, God, he's an intern. Let him let him in. Show him everything. Do you think there's anything secretive there, or do you think it's all just nonsense? I mean, there's probably. I'm sure there's government secretive stuff. Aliens? You know? No, 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 no. I'm talking like military tech and stuff like that. Stuff that would the stuff that we won't know about for the next fifteen, twenty years. And if it's not there right now, it certainly was back in the day. I mean, that's where they test all the cool planes and all that stuff because there's no one around. It's easy. You can crash something and no one's going to know. All those all those desert Air Force bases is where they keep all the cool Air Force technology. Dude, I want to go. I want to just see inside. Just the idea that's, of but not- it's not. It's not aliens. It's all like it's a plane that, you know, is invisible to radar, which we already have. But back in the day, you know, that's where we that's where they flew like the 
the uh, what's the big bomber? Is it the B fifty two? B fifty two is that the one? I don't know. The maybe. big the I don't know the big stealth bomber, and uh, oh, what are those? What are those cool stealth planes? Oh, give me a second to Google it. But that's where they like, tested all those things. Dude, I was thinking about this earlier because you just said, "Give me a second to Google it." Mm-hmm. Once you give me the answer, I want to talk about Google for a second because I thought about this earlier. Did you figure it out yet? No. Go ahead and talk about it. Okay. I was thinking about this because I, some kid that I, in my class that I TA for, was Googling an answer. Like his, his, his way to do in-class problems was to Google the answer. Okay. (laughs) And then I was thinking like, that is a tactic that is used by a large portion of this generation. We have really taken advantage of the fact that all of human knowledge exists within the confines of our little devices in our in our hands. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And part of it is actually, like, the amount of stuff I remember has dwindled so bad from when I was a kid and I had to, like, do a lot of memorization in school and I didn't really use a computer for anything. The yeah. amount of stuff, like, my brain doesn't even remember stuff anymore. My brain, like, it literally, sh- it's like, Wait, oh, there's an equation? Eh, no need to remember it. We'll look it up. <laughs> like, I I consciously make that decision all the time. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. Oh, no, it's definitely a good thing. I think it's a good thing, and I think, you know... I think I think the thing that's important... I mean, you shouldn't lean on it too much. There's things that you, you should learn and remember, you know, in case we tumble into a dark age. But I think I think the important thing to keep in mind is it's okay to not remember things as long as you know how to quickly and efficiently and reliably find them. You know, you know, you got to know how to, how to use your tools. If you know how to use your tool, then you don't need to remember it. It's like you don't need to do mental math if you know how to use a calculator well. You know, no one's asking you to sit there and do complicated integrals in your head. Oh, yeah, and, and this is actually a fact. No one knows how to use their calculator well. That's true. No matter, that how, no matter true. how talented you get, you will always have your calculator in degrees when you need it in radians. <laughs> Every time. And then you'll realize it halfway through the test, but and you'll you'll know in your gut that you need to change it, but you'll psych yourself out and you'll go back and forth three different times and you'll redo the whole test in degrees and then you'll do it in radians and then you'll look at all the answers and go, okay, I think I need to be in this one. And then I do you, that. That's literally how I did every test in undergrad. Yes. In undergrad, how did I do every test? Um, I made note cards. That was a stupid idea. I um I did no cards in freshman year and then I realized that that's not helpful. You know what I would you know what I would always do before a test? I'd like sit in quiet with headphones in and I'd listen to music like I was going to go play the Super Bowl. I remember <laughs> that. I'd be like I'm getting pumped up, bro. I'm getting pumped and then you just go sit down. I got pumped up to sit down. Did you ever figure that answer out? <laughs> no, I still haven't. This is Look, me not you, using you my tools correctly. You literally just got done lecturing the listeners on how to use your tools. I didn't say I was good at it. I said, I don't practice what I preach. I'm not good at that. <laughs> uh, this, this... I, need my, I need my professor from last semester. He knows He knows exactly. And they're famous, too. I just, I just can't think of anything. Um, <laughs> Why don't you tell gonna... <laughs> I bet you're so bad. Did you ever see people who are so bad at using Google? I'm also using Bing, though. I'm on Bing, so that should be noted. Hey. How many times do you think Go- how many times do you think Google is typed in on Bing? So, probably I would say that's probably the thing that's typed in the most. Do you think that's a really popular search term? It's got to be. It's gotta be. 
Okay, well, one of them was the B2 Spirit Bomber. B2? I said 52, and that's kind of the same thing, I bet. That's a, yeah, it's basically the same thing. The Spirit Bomber. How do you the, name something the Spirit Bomber? Because it's going to bomb the spirit right out of you. It's like naming something the Friendly Bomber. <laughs> we, <laughs> we bomb people in a friendly way. <laughs> the Friendly Bomber. The B-52 Friendly Bomber. Oh, my. <laughs> The federal government is such a joke. I saw that the uh, who's the oh, I know. who's the NASA director? What's his name? Jim Bridenstine. Yeah, he recently well, I, said. I meant to type in spy planes, and I typed in stealth, and that's why I wasn't getting what I wanted. But like the U two, yeah, like that. All that stuff was tested out in those places. So Br- this Bridenstine character, he's the administrator, NASA administrator. He's a Rice alum. Just want to point that out. Did Did you see that he recently said that uh, the U.S. is returning to the surface of the moon, and mm-hmm. we're doing it sooner than you think? Yeah, we had um actually there was a conference today unveiling um, corporate partners, commercial partners for returning to the moon. Yeah, that's one thing that's really cool to me, is that they're not just doing it through NASA. They're mm-hmm. They're like, hey, Elon Musk, do you want to give us money? That's essentially yeah. what they're saying. Well, these these partners weren't even Blue Origin and SpaceX and Virgin Galactic or Virgin Orbit. This was all smaller companies, um, basically, to try. So those are the big ones that are already kind of standing on their own two feet. I mean, obviously, their biggest customer is still NASA and the U.S. government. But they've they've gotten past that, that point, you know, where they, they can do their own thing. So now this is kind of, at least the way I understood it, is they're reaching out a little bit further and trying to grab the next generation of those companies. And try to help seed them and get them started and get them on their way. It's a good idea. It's a good yeah, idea oh, it's, because it's a wonderful idea. Like the top companies could can stay open even with a loss. Yeah. Like even if they continue to lose money, the the people behind the company can literally operate that company for fifty years with losses every year. Yeah. So I mean, Bezos Bezos puts only a billion dollars into Blue Origin every year. Which is only a billion dollars, but Bezos is worth, what, like $60 billion or something? So. Yeah. Well, let me tell you why Bezos deserves every goddamn dime he has. Let me tell you why. This this chair I'm sitting in right now, you know how much it weighed when it shipped? I bought it on, I ordered it on Amazon on Tuesday. It weighed 60 pounds, and it showed oh my up God. at my door today. <laughs> Listen to me, Jeff Bezos, if you're out there listening. I'm sure you're not, but if you are, thank you. You're doing the Lord's work. Here's what you need to do, okay? Go to North Sentinel Island. Don't bring your goddamn Bible. Bring two-day free shipping. Bring that (laughs) shit. And then those people are going to be like, wait a minute. We can order coconuts with two-day free shipping? And they're going to convert immediately to the American way. They're going to be like, wait a minute. We can order fresh-cut pineapple with two-day free shipping? And Bezos is going to be like, you sure can. If you pay thirteen ninety nine for Amazon Prime, and they're gonna say, "Sign me up, sign me up for Amazon Prime for two day free shipping, for free coconuts, for free pineapples, coconuts. and I will put down my arrows and I will learn your language." That's exactly what will happen. So I just solved that problem. <laughs> but yeah, this is interest. This is an interesting time to be alive, man. This is the coolest time to – so, okay, and, and I'm really pumped about that. We just had Spacecom. Um, it's Space Commerce is what it stands for, but it's the largest space commerce convention, I think, in the world, certainly in the country. 
And it's right here in Houston, Texas every year. Um, in other words, this and, is Comic Con where the people going are actually intelligent. Yeah, and they and they want to get space going. There's a lot of entrepreneurship, that sort of stuff. It's really cool. But oh man, I mean, it was just two days filled with companies that are coming online. I mean, Virgin Orbit, which I actually didn't know about, is a sister company of Virgin Galactic. So they have this, um, I think it's a 757 um, plane, and then it has underneath the wing where you would have the fifth engine mounted. They actually mount a rocket, and so. It can launch small payloads into space with a really short turnaround time. It's, mm-hmm. it's a horizontal launch instead of vertical. It can launch from just about any runway that's meant for large um, passenger airplanes. Um, that's their first test. I mean, they already did a flight test, but they didn't launch the rocket. They're going to launch it in 2019. SpaceX is doing their first uncrewed demo January 7th. Boeing's doing their first uncrewed demo in March. SpaceX is doing their crude demo in June. Boeing is doing their crude demo in August. Um, we have all these companies. Uh, ULA is building the new Vulcan rocket. I mean, there's there's all these things that are coming online. Um, new companies are, are building, plan to build space habitats, and they're planning to start testing those in 2019. It's just, it's so much is happening, and it's so much more diversified. Uh, someone said it today. Oh, Reed Wiseman, he's, um, he's a current astronaut, and he said, you know, you guys are really lucky to be coming along at this this point, you know, in history, in this career, because we are about to witness the next golden age of space because there's so much more happening than there's ever been happening at one time before. And it's so it's so diversified. It's not just NASA. It's hundreds of different companies working to do this stuff. It's so cool. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump starts really pouring money into this because he's the type of person who wants to be the first at everything. And if he could be the first person to get missions going to Mars – if he could be the first Persian, 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 the first per, if he could be the, the first, first Persian, if he could be the first Persian on the moon, the first Persian to send back um, people to the moon, to set up base on the moon, to set up commerce on the moon, to set up industrialization of the moon, I wouldn't be. If you could get in his ear and tell him that he could make history, well, I mean, Mike Pence has been trying to tell him that. Mike Pence is, I mean, Mike Pence restarted the National Space Council. He called Biden, Bridenstine literally moments after InSight landed successfully. I mean, he's always touring space centers and, and, and pushing for that stuff. I honestly think it's because he wants to figure out a way to send all the gays to I think I think it probably is, but man, you know what? <laughs> oh, Joe Biden, what a guy. No, not even Joe. Why did I say Joe, Joe Biden. Biden? I don't know. Sorry, Joe. I don't mean to disparage your name that way. I love you. <laughs> I love that man. I think him and Barack Obama should start a reality television show. Or they just it. hang out. I just, just Joe and Barack, Barack yeah. and Joe in the morning. Yeah, Joe Obama, Joe Obama, Obama. Joe, call it just Joe Obama. Joe Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. We got to get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, people. Support the Patreon account. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Check out the website. New episodes next week. We got um. We got him. Stephen Pakala is his name. Stephen Pakala. Yeah, I think that's his name. What's Sorry, Stephen Pakala. He is a climate change expert, and he a lot of his research oh. is focused on carbon mitigation and carbon uh, removal. So removing mm-hmm. carbon from the atmosphere, coming up with cool ways to do that. So I hope you tune into that next week. But for now, we're done. We're out of here. We thank NASA Nate for coming on. That's your new thing. That's it. He's NASA Nate.
It's only for three more weeks. And then I'll have to wait until June. NASA Nate. NASA Nate. NASA Nate. NASA Nate.